there. I'm Leanna Hinkle with the Hinkle Homestead. And I'm Lindsay Weiniger with the Weiniger Farms. And we are your hosts on We Chose the Farm. Episode 31. Tonight we're talking about hatching. Hey, hatching. We can do that. All right. This is going to be fun because you want to know how much of an outline we have? None. None. This is straight. It means we're pros. Or basically. We, I mean, we've made it to episode 31. That's very true. So we, if you look back on the episode list, two weeks ago, we talked about getting chicks again. Yes. Um, last week, we troubleshooted. This week, we wanted to take a different approach and talk a little bit more about what it looks like to incubate and hatch your own eggs because that's another option that doesn't get talked about a lot when it comes to chickens. That's true. It's the gift that keeps giving. Absolutely. And it's one that I, again, know very little about. But thanks to Leanna. Anybody can hatch out eggs. You yes. can do this. Uh, they hatched out eggs in my daughter's classroom. Oh, I love that. So she was like, Mom, can we do it? So I got online and I ordered a uh, incubator. And it came. It was an egg cooker. Oh, <laughs> no. I was like, well, that's going to kill the eggs. Going to incubate them. Yeah, no, you don't want to hard boil them. <laughs> no. Okay, so how did you get started in incubating and doing your own eggs? Uh, I don't know if you remember the story of me earlier saying that we only wanted to start with four chickens, mm-hmm. you know, and then it quickly increased. Well, there was no way that I would ever incubate. That's too much. Too much. It's too crazy. And then I think literally later in that first season of me having chicks, yeah, I was like, I would like to put this incubator on my Christmas list, please. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it started is I got one for Christmas sure. and um, then that one turned into a different one. And then it, I have four now. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I have some hatching as we speak and I have like 120 loaded again. <laughs> what? That was all, but that's all from, like, when your girl started laying once it got warm really quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, starter-wise, so say uh, Ruthie and Tessa, say we <laughs> randomly moved out to the country again. Sure, sure, sure. Which would be awesome. But, um, starter, like, what would you, how would you get started hatching? Well, you definitely either need one of two things. You either need an incubator or you need a broody hen. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And that's that's really the basics of you it. You also require a rooster at this point. Yeah, I guess if you're... <laughs> well, even not even that, I guess. If you have chickens that you don't have a rooster, your rooster's not doing the job, or it's not the breed that you want, blah, 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 you can order that's hatching eggs from really anywhere. Big commercial hatcheries, from individual breeders. Mm-hmm. You can even, like, take your pick and try your luck with, like, grocery store eggs. Yeah. I don't know. It's somebody said that they hatched them out of like Trader Joe's eggs, but they would have to be like cage free. Wouldn't they? I mean, I think you would have to be more like pasture raised. Raised. That's I don't true. know, maybe the likelihood of them actually carrying roosters in there is slim to none. Well, and the fact that they would have them that long that they yeah. would be breeding is Probably. Well, if they're laying eggs, oh, duh, you're right. Yeah, I keep I thinking mean, meat birds. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. Um, 
No, I just, yeah, I uh, don't think it's, but like, hey, I've done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't get anything that came out of it, but it didn't stop me from trying to sure. do that. So anyways, so yeah, so that's like, we sell hatching eggs because we separate our breeds and do their things. So that's a thing that we do. How many eggs fit in like your beginner incubator? So the two that I have and the two that I would recommend, one is a Nurture Right 360. Mm-hmm. And it holds 22 eggs. It okay. has a really good viewing window. Um, the cons, I guess, of it is that it doesn't hold the humidity well. Um, and huh, and that when you lift up to take the chicks out, the design is not the best. And I feel like they kind of scatter quickly. And that's kind of scary. So I always take it off in a box. But, like, I feel like this is... Yeah, okay, so either the Nurture Rate 360 or the Hoover Bader, mm-hmm. which is by GQF, and that's the 1588 model. And it's a styrofoam incubator. It holds 41. Wow, yeah. So I think that's a lot of people that are like, oof, I couldn't, I don't need to do 41. Then that, you know, Nurture Rate's really great. Sure. But if you're like, uh, I, I maybe want to do different breeds, you, it gives you a bigger space. That's what we hatched our emus in. Got it, yeah. So you can do anything from quail to chickens to duck to turkey, peafowl, goose, and you know what I mean, in that uh, hoover baiter. But the Nurture Rate 360 is really only limited for chickens. Chickens and smaller. So like quail and things like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, and you would even have to, just the way the turner is is weird. You'd uh, have to double stack them. Kind of, it's fine. I mean, you can do it. it. Sure. It's fine. And I've cut the turner, too, to fit in peacock eggs when I've had it. You know, sure. so. Yeah. Anything is adaptable. So either an incubator or a broody hen. Right. And a broody hen is just one that wants to sit. Yeah. And the the important things for hatching eggs, the important qualities that you require is humidity. Yeah. And the ability to turn. The temperature is really more important than I think turning. Turning. Okay. Explain. You have to have a constant temperature of 99 to 100 sure so i always set mine to 100 99.5 is great whatever but you have to have that constant heat and you have to have some humidity for a consecutive amount of days 21 days and then you have a chicken got it so I love saying this because I, a lot of around summertime, people are like, ah, oh, I have a rooster and I have a hen and it's July. I'm going to crack a baby chick. Okay, first of all, if you collect eggs every single day, you're not going to have a chick. Sure. They don't develop on your countertop if you're keeping them on your countertop. Yeah. Because they're not, your house is not 100 degrees. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So even if you forgot them on the hottest Midwestern summer days with the humidity super high and the heat, even if you forgot about them for two days, three days, the most you would see is maybe like a little, little veining, like, but yeah. you're not going to see a full-blown chick in your breakfast. <laughs> yes, correct. You know, so collect your day, eggs every day. <laughs> and you'll be good. And you'll be fine. You know what I mean? And that's still the same thing of how you can know when to put your eggs in is if you collect them every day, they're not developing at weird points. And then when you have enough, then you can load it all at once. And then that's when the timer begins. Oh, got it. Yeah. That's cool. So even even if your eggs were laid Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but you didn't load your incubator till Sunday, that's when that's it started. That's when it starts. 
Got it. Yeah. That's good to know. Now, talk to me about the turning situation. I know uh, both of these probably have a turner yeah. with them, but... So, the Hoovabater has a turner to where the eggs sit pointy side down, and it gently rocks it from, like, 45-degree angle to 45-degree. Okay. And then the Nurturite, you actually set them on their side, and then they roll. Oh. And it's kind of, I think that was to mimic more of, like, a natural... Uh-huh. You know, because eggs don't really stand straight up when they're laid, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, But I don't know. I think I think both are fine. I think both are good. They, again, have their pros and cons. If you're getting eggs that are shipped to you, sometimes the post office is a little, like, jostly. Mm-hmm. And so for that, I like to incubate where the eggs are standing straight up so that that air cell doesn't move too much. Sure. Which, if it's out of position when the chick starts to hatch, it can't find the air sure. for that last little push Oops. out. Yeah. Now, what's the point of the turning? I think it's so that the embryo doesn't get implanted on the egg wall. Okay. Just so that it... That makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's also for probably, like, even heat distribution as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. That way you don't, like, cook one side of your egg or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know know what I mean? It just doesn't grow to one side. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But with that being said, you got to know the rules to break the rules. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. even though my incubator holds 41, there's, like, a little, like, space on the side in between the turner and the wall that'll fit, like, six or seven more eggs in there. (laughs) But I never, like, I always forget, and I never remember to turn them. Sure. So I usually don't. Yeah, and, and they're they, fine. Yeah, and it's just kind of my little experiment that it's like, did this work? Will they still survive if you don't ever turn them? Yeah. I mean, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, and so you you do it for, um, like, color projects. You do oh, it yeah. For we do it for things. fun genetic things to sure. see if one makes this color and produces this color egg. Yeah. We do it for other people to love chickens at their home, too. I mean, oh, yeah. We do it because it's so adorable. And this is this also helps your rule that of always having chicks. Yeah. So when is, like, a good... Can you do it year-round? Yeah. So, and I think it also really depends on where you live, too. Mm-hmm. Because, like I was saying earlier, Midwestern summers are really naturally high in humidity anyways. Sure. So... We, I guess we didn't really touch base on humidity. Constant state of heat and humidity. But that varies a little bit, too. Now, normally people say between, like, 45%, mm-hmm. and that's day through 1 and 18. Okay. And then the last three days is called lockdown, which mm-hmm. I thought you were actually, like, padlocking your incubator. I don't know why. I was like, I don't see any locks on here. What do I do now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is my broken... But that's when you take out the turner and you bump up the humidity. So I guess it makes it a little bit easier for the chicks to come out. Oh, sure. And if it takes them longer to hatch out, they're not dry. Got it. And get stuck in the egg. That's the problem with that. Okay. Uh, So where you live globally, um, because of the Midwestern... Summers. Summers. Mm -hmm. I don't actually have to add any additional water to get that 45%. Yeah. Sure. You know, but in the winter, we heat with wood, and that dries everything out. Yeah. So oh, you sure. have to add more water to it. And also, I think your fertility rate goes down in the winter. Sure. Because okay. not only are they laying less frequently because there's no 
you know, daylight. Right. But you have to think, like, biologically, these animals probably don't have a higher fertility rate because they're not really wanting to hatch babies in the dead cold winter. Like, they want Mm -hmm. it warm to where, you know, they don't have to do so much, like, warming of the chicks and stuff. So, and then that's the case, too, if you are going to have chicks in the middle of winter, you're going to have to keep them warm. Like, the mom's not going to be able to do it by herself because it's so cold. She's... She's neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you have a broody hen in winter, which I don't usually think happens. Right, yeah. Because they just know. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah, I would pull her inside with a heat lamp on, for sure. Yeah. Makes sense. But, I mean, even, like, the chicks that hatch in winter, like, you have to have the heat lamp on them longer you know because they're not ready to go outside at six to eight weeks after they just had their new feathers like they gotta beef up for a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah i don't i mean we keep them in there until they're full feathered and it's probably 70 plus degrees outside yeah so yeah yeah so uh, jake loves that like we literally we had some that hatched out new year's and i think we moved them out to the garage like two or three weeks ago yeah (laughs) you know what i mean so they spent three months in my house oh wow yeah you know i'm sure they were real ready to get out (laughs) i know when you say it like that it's kind of like oof but there's only six so it wasn't like there was yeah we did that uh nathan got me chickens uh once in the base of my house in peoria don't tell anyone and uh yeah so that was uh we did the same thing they got very large down there yeah but that's okay yeah, so, I mean, it the winter hatching just kind of plays by a different set of rules. I sure. Think. But, no, you can hatch all year. Tell me other, why else you would consider hatching? You can do hatching for so many different reasons. Like we said, for color projects, to replace your old hens, to improve quality. I mean, it depends on, you know, are you showing? Do you want to show? Do you, you know, and then... That's when you get into people that are doing different breeds and doing it towards, like, the standard of perfection and stuff. And, right. you know, improving the line and stuff like that. And even as a side business hustle, if you want to try to make some of the cost of feeds and stuff back. Yeah. So, I mean, there's I all mean, the things. Around here, bullets are selling online for 15 to $20 a piece. Okay. So, that was another thing because a lot of people, obviously when they I think this is why you get a certain demographic of people to where just want pullets they're new you know what I mean they're new to chickens they only want the girls they only want the ones that are laying and then like something happens to where they want to hatch or they did hatch or something and then they realize like oh there's roosters and then those people (laughs) are either like what do I do with these roosters or then or the other people are more accepting of, like, if they get chicks and they're like, yeah, well, I kind of figured there'd be a rooster. In. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. you just don't get away with no roosters. <laughs> yes. You exactly. know, so. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite, though, is uh, I've got a lot this year, especially that kids want to do 4-H project. And yeah. You have to have a hen and a rooster. Oh, And yeah. so I had to order a whole like I ordered like 10 roosters for they're all white leghorns though so like sorry about it if you didn't get your order in you only get (laughs) you only get to do white leghorns for your 4-h project but it's uh yeah you gotta get those roosters in but anyway yeah I just I mean and there's cool 
So anytime you go to like a tractor supply, especially, they make up names for like their cross hybrids. Yes. Yeah. And that's how you get people that are like, oh, what's a stargazer? And I'm like, it's not, it's not actually, a, it's not, not, not a thing. thing. <laughs> You're not going to find it in another book. <laughs> no, this is, this is somebody else's name that they Ooh. like made up. But like you can take a white leghorn who has a perfect like egg production and cross it with an Easter egger who yeah. doesn't have a good, you know, strong egg production, but has a beautiful blue egg and you might get... You know, Easter eggers that lay blue eggs with a higher egg production. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And, like... You can play around you, with it. Yeah. What did you create? Mutts. Yeah. But, like... People do Maybe it. mutts with a purpose. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Sometimes they're just cool. Yeah. To see, like, the weird mixes that you get. Absolutely. I love barnyard mixes. Yeah. Those are fun. I... They're just... You get some weird-looking chickens, and I don't know if it's the Franken-chick in me that's, like... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay, so let's rewind. I do want to say a couple of things that are important about incubating, too. And there's um, a term called candling. Oh, yeah. Do you know what that means? That is where you take a light and you shine it into the egg to see where it is. And it's if if the embryo came slash where it is in the process. Yeah. I actually thought we were holding a candle up to this egg. And I'm like, that means we're going to cook it. (laughs) You know, so I've learned a lot. Yeah. And you don't need anything fancy. You can just use your cell phone light. But if you're holding an egg, you want to keep it pointy side down and you can take your flashlight and shine it on top. And then there'll be like a little half circle and that'll be your air cell. And then that illuminates pretty much the whole egg. And you can see exactly what you're saying with a development going. And that that air pocket, like when you hard boil an egg, it's that spot. It's that indent that you get. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So... You're right. And there's a couple days that I check for things. And honestly, the less you mess with it, the better they do. And you, I didn't believe it <laughs> the first 12 times. You know what I mean? Because you want to yeah. check it every day, six yeah. times a day. Sure. So um, I usually check. I candle it at day zero. Sure. Um, just to make sure that I'm not accidentally loading any eggs that have cracked. Okay. Yeah. Because you know, sometimes they're hard to see. Mm-hmm. Um, then I candle at day 10 to see if there was a number of them that did not, they were not fertilized, they did not develop, they were early quitters, something like that. And then I candle at lockdown, so that's day 18. Again, just to see if anybody from day 10 to day 18, or maybe I wasn't sure about mm-hmm. it and I left them in there, then I'll do that and then I don't touch it until they have all hatched. Got it. How, I, how many probably would you say that you, I'm, I say this, but how many do you yeah. think you toss at day 10? So, oh, that's a fantastic question because I, and I honestly feel like your incubator has a lot to do with it as well. Sure. Last year I helped out a couple friends, new friends that um, hatched from old incubators that mm-hmm. were probably not accurate with their heat. Either, either they were having a hot spot in an incubator or it was too low or too hot and like, so they had a lot more die off. Sure. You know okay. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had a, a lot more that didn't actually hatch. So that's problems. Yeah. You, you know need I mean? to look at your incubator. Sure. Yeah. Get an extra hydrometer or a thermometer to back it up because you can't always trust the panels on the screens. Sure. Mm-hmm. Typically, if at day 10 
and it's this time of year or sooner, I probably toss quite a few because they're not fertilized. Either my rooster, it's still too cold and they're on strike or they're not doing the things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't have heat or light on them, so it's just kind of waiting until they do the things. Yeah. In the summer, not often. Wow. I mean, I in last summer... I had an incubator of, what, 47, and I think from that 47, maybe two or three didn't hatch. Wow. I mean, yeah. and that's, sure. that's excellent rates. That yeah. doesn't happen super often. Huh. You know? So, I mean, but it's so different. You get shipped eggs, and I, I ordered mm-hmm. um, eggs. I ordered 12. She kindly sent me 15. I always love it when people do that. Yeah, sure. And I had six hatch. Okay. Because it's the shifting, shipping is a little more rough on them and they just. Yeah, makes sense. You know, so. Interesting. It's, it's, shipped eggs are always a risk and they're always a gamble, but they can really pay off too. Especially if you're doing breed projects. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, so I mean, I think your best chance of fertility is always at your, your farm, Mm -hmm. your egg place. Um, But, Yeah. I think oh, we're, we will probably, by, hmm, I will, we will probably incubate at some point soon. Yeah. Just for the sake of the girls to see it. And, and I know they've done it in class. They just have that small eight, isn't it like eight yeah. eggs or something like that? They do. And, you know, different companies make different size ones, but I just, I was the one that got the, the 360 and was like, I don't think I really need all this much. And then, then... I did, and <laughs> then I got emu eggs, and I'm like, these won't fit in here, yeah. and, you know. jeez, oh, yeah. So, I mean, realistically, at this point, I could have bought, like, a cabinet incubator with the amount of money that I spent on these yeah. four individual units. Makes sense. You know, but yeah. hindsight, yep. I don't know. I mean, last year when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, I've had a couple people reach out because they did that for homeschool. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, kind of like science projects and stuff. Yeah. And if you do sense. that, I guess just figure out <laughs> where they're going. Yeah. And uh, we're, I think we're going to keep layers at our family farm. Yeah. So uh, they just go there. That's why I want to get them early, though, because I need their eggs. I know. So I, I would have to think about that sooner rather than later. It's crazy of how, like, the warm weather hit and then everybody was like, okay, let's do this. Um, Just to give you an update, I'm sure, I don't know if any one of the listeners would care, but we are getting 1,600 chicks for Chick Day. It is the biggest Chick Day we've ever had, ever, and I've already sold 900 of them. Oh, my gosh. 900 of them. <laughs> I am boggled. I am boggled by this, but I mean, I guess I shouldn't be, but 700 of, no, 760 of them are meat birds. So, and the rest are all laying hens that people want. So, I mean, that's, it's great. It's a great thing. Uh, It's going to be so loud in here. (laughs) Oh, I know. I'm, I keep thinking we're going to have to build more space. I don't know where we're going to put them all. So it's gonna be great. I promise you can follow along or because I'll be I'll recording. be there. Yeah, I'll be recording the whole thing too. So I'm just I am yeah. Gosh, I'm nuts. kind of freaking out. I have a vacation before then, so I'm gonna freak out after vacation. But we might be like going around all of the tractor store tractor supply stores or the 
all the farm stores to get all the troughs we can get our hands on. But yeah, or we're gonna have to makeshift build some stuff real fast. Oh my God. <laughs> Yay! Yay for chickens! <laughs> oh wow! I said this that I don't touch them after they have all hatched, right? Yeah. So it takes anywhere from eighteen to thirty-six hours for them to hatch out of an egg. Okay, so oh, I think a lot of people think, and including myself, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I mean, it, if they're very, if they start at night, they might not be finished by morning. Some might, some can like do it and like be done in five minutes. Sure. You know what I mean? Because they've, it's just like people, people, you know, bloom at different times, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, so yeah, that's the hardest part is not helping them out if you think that they're taking too long. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And then also... Like, if you open it up, you lose all that humidity that you were trying to gain and build so that they would hatch out easier. So, like, the ones that haven't made it out yet, you could potentially, like, sacrifice and hurt those. Hence the lockdown. Yeah. Like, don't touch it. But also, I mean, keep in mind that, you know, if you get shipped chicks... Yeah. It takes up to three days for them to be in the mail. Like, they know that it is safe for them to be in the mail for three days. Sure. So, if you have a hatch that started at midnight on Friday, it hatched at 2 o'clock in the morning, and then your other ones hatched Friday night, Mm -hmm. and then finished Saturday, that first one will still be okay. Yeah. It'll be totally fine. Just wait until the last one hatches within that 72 hours. Wait for it to get dry and fluffy. Yeah. And then stick them in a brooder. That's They'll smart. be okay. They'll be okay. <laughs> Hear it again. They'll be okay. Yeah. And so, I don't know. So I feel like the, every time that I help people out with hatching, you have like the ones that always struggle. Yeah. That maybe like, and then that's the ones where you're like, oh, it's been 30 hours. What do we do? You've made no progress. And then that's when people make the choice to either help and assist them or don't. And yeah. I'm 50-50. If I think that I can, I usually will. But most of the time, I don't. Sure. Because I don't think if it's strong enough to make it out, then it probably wasn't going to be... A good chicken. Yeah. And that sounds really bad, but... That's kind of how we feel, livestock, too. Livestock, dead stock. Right. That's how we feel, too, when we get chicks <sighs> here. Yeah. Like, if they're looking puny... Uh, for us to nurse it back to health and then sell that to someone just doesn't seem like the right thing there's, to do. And there's still, there's even a border within that. Like, if yeah. you've lost all your will. Yeah. And you're not trying to drink anything or put in eff- any effort. It's yeah. so tough to. We usually have, like, a sick chicken pot. And I think then if people want them, them, then <laughs> great. But, yeah. Usually our workers usually try to nurse them back to health and then Sometimes take it works and sometimes it exactly. doesn't. Yeah. And that's the same thing with helping out with hatching. You can help and they can live. You can help and they can still die. Yeah. You can choose not to do anything and they will come out fine. You yeah. can choose not to do anything and they will die in the shell. So, yeah. like. It's a toss-up. No matter what. Yeah. So, at this point, I just don't even, like, if I don't. I just don't even spare myself the heartbreak from it. Because <laughs> they're still cute, adorable chicks. Yes. And I don't want to, like... Yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah. But just... And that's... And there's a thousand things that could be the cause of why that happened. Right. You know? And I think it's the same thing with bees. Everybody's going to have a different answer for why it happened, and they're not necessarily right or wrong. And... 
you're gonna have and you're gonna have lots of dead but you're gonna have far more alive that will keep a healthy flock oh yeah so so okay so let's talk i know we did a little bit about this last time but so now that everybody's hatched out their own chicks how do you introduce them to your existing flock good call uh how do we do it yeah so we've kind of done all the things great uh we did have last year we totally introduced chicks Uh, but my i had a really like chill group of chickens okay so i didn't feel too like bad about it yeah they did perfectly fine it was two uh i believe they were like olive eggers okay and then one was like a true blue or something i mean they were really bizarre docile chicks docile chickens perfect it went well they left each other alone and everything was good not, I don't suggest it. It was kind of a gamble that we had to take. <laughs> um, if you have the ability to, we always suggest you put them in the same area, but in a separate enclosure yeah. so that they can get used to being around each other, get used to seeing each other, get used to smelling each other, but not be able to get to each other, so to speak. Just like you would introduce a cat, any a animal yeah, to a new environment. Yeah. Um, and then after, we suggest once they're a little bit more than half the size. So that way, that smaller dude could defend itself if it needed to. But even then, I mean, it's just going to, I think it'll just help the birds out. So we literally just did this before I came here. To, yeah. <laughs> to record this. Hey. And I was getting my ones that hatched from New Year's. So now it's like, you know, midway through March. Mm-hmm. They're, they're good. They have been fine. They were in my garage and we're like, let's give them some space. So I, we took them out there into the big coop and then we were like, you know what? It's going to rain all day tomorrow. Yeah. And why that was a bad thing that made us hesitate is that when they are all raining, they're all inside the coop. Oh yeah. yeah. So if there's a problem, it's a much smaller space to be able to get out of the things. If it was a nice day and everybody's outside, some are inside, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think they really care as much. Sure. Yeah. We always introduce at night. I think you said you did too. Mm-hmm. It just is easier when they are calmed down. Yeah. But then in the morning, if they, like, don't really notice each other, it's not a big deal. Yeah. That so makes that's sense. why I was like, uh, with the rain. So we moved them somewhere else instead. But Sure. <laughs> it's the thought. Yeah. yeah. We did ours so that... Um, the chicks were up, so in our coop that we had, you could fold the, we had flaps that you could pull up and hook or oh, fold yeah. down. And so we folded down the flaps um, at night, so they were separated at night. Oh, that's But a then really they idea. were together because they were in the yard yeah. and in the coop during the day, and they, we did that for about a week. That was how we separated them, even though they could totally be around each other, but. Can I tell you the very first time that I hatched out chickens, I, saw, I kept my very first two. Yeah. I don't usually keep very many, but I usually always keep the first of everything. Yeah. And I would put them in. We had a little separate space, just like you're saying, that was kind of closed in there, but it was separated by wire so they could still see everybody. Sure. When it came time to roosting for the night, sun goes down, everybody roosts, I'd go check on the little babies, and they'd be gone. <laughs> and I was like, something got in there, something ate them, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm, like, looking in this little tiny space for them of where they're supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I looked up, and they 
escape somehow and roosted with the big girls. And I'm like, you're doing big girl things. (laughs) (laughs) These cute, tiny little chickens all just. And they were fine. They were totally fine. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess if you're fine, then I guess you're fine. Like, yeah, I'll check on you. Make sure you're not dead in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't. Jake will, but because <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. bless him. I can't do it. Yeah, that's but, funny. Yeah, so I mean, sometimes I don't know. Maybe it just yeah. So I think a lot has changed from the very first time to where I probably kept them separated for like an extra three months to you know <laughs> make sure that everything was fine. Yeah, you you take your chances a little bit more the further along you get. Yeah. <laughs> What's oh, well. another chicken when you've got a hundred and something? <laughs> I started thinking about how many I actually have coming in the mail that I forgot that I had. Oh yeah. Well, and I I think Not too only another. Eggs, but chickens. I don't... <laughs> oh, you've got your barnyard mix from uh, cackle, don't you? I do. I've got a I got a barnyard of like forty something coming in. Yeah. And then I ordered ducks and geese. And then I ordered hatching eggs of geese times two. And then I won a raffle of turkey eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) if you, if your turkey eggs hatch and you need a home for them. No, I want, I mean, I wanted them. You want them all. Yeah. Because we've got a. They're red bourbon, and I'm Oh, no. I yeah. know. Those There's, are going to be gorgeous. I'm excited about them. Yeah, so that's my first time hatching turkey eggs and goose eggs. All right. It's going to be great. It'll be fine. I want to see a baby goose gosling. I hear that if you geese, and I think ducks maybe too, that if you spend a lot of time, they'll imprint on you. Follow you around. Oh, that's what I just want. <laughs> I just want. But they're like, also super protective of you. You know, I want like a car goose, <sighs> like a goose that like rides shotgun in the car and just you like the need honk, like Affleck. <laughs> I can just picture you know, Affleck just honking in the like. Can you see it? How they like they do it? They tip their beak up and they give you this like side eye and kind of yeah. like do their look thing. at me. I know. I, I just I want a goose so bad. That's really funny. So, yeah, and then that's how it happens. That's how the chicken math expands even more. Oh, my when word. When you can create the life. Oh, boy. Well, so we have encompassed chickens yet again. I feel pretty good time. about it. Yeah. When are we doing our questions? Uh, Next time? Yeah. Yep. We'll do that at the beginning of the current. Our next one is going to be current events. Yeah. So it's just a monthly check-in. So... I'll put a post out on Instagram and Facebook and things, and we'll ask all the, if you have any chicken questions, we'll cover them. And then. I've already had some really great ones that I want to share. Great. That'll be perfect. So I think that'll be really good. Awesome. Nope. Well, that's what's cracking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good night, friends. See you next time. If you like what you heard today, you can find us at We Chose the Farm on Facebook and Instagram. And to find Hinkle Homestead directly, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Google at Hinkle Homestead. Want to visit the Weiniger Farms? You can find us mainly on Instagram at the Weiniger Farms. Or jump over to our website at WeinigerFarms.com. See you later!